Noon Hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. and Scotty, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in, everybody. Hope you're all having a great day. It is a what, a little snowy back there, Hans? How are you holding up? Yeah, a little bit of snowy this morning, but it's pretty much melted off and things are back to normal. I, I don't expect a ton more out of this, but apparently we've got another storm rolling in about the time you get home. Hopefully you're uh, home before it rolls in. Yeah, I, uh, I got a 6 a.m. flight coming in tomorrow morning, and uh, then we'll be back and ready to go. I'm in Fresno, Utah State, Fresno State coming up tonight. We'll have all the action right here on the zone. So all kinds of good stuff coming down the pipeline. We're all fired up and uh, ready to get it going, man. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot brewing right now. I'm just uh, – we got uh, obviously a lot of college basketball tonight with Utah State and Fresno, and then a big one for BYU. They'll be in uh, – Fog Allen taking on the uh, taking on uh, Kansas. No big deal. Greg Rubel will join us coming up at two o five. David Locke will join us at one o five, and you're down at uh, Tim Daly Mazda too. One of my favorite places on the planet. Yeah, we'll be talking with Jake, and we'll get you coming. There's some of the details what we're doing down here at Tim Daly Mazda, but great prices. Obviously, every time we're down here, Jake rolls out something big. So if you're in the market for a new car, you might want to stay tuned for that because Jake will have a couple of different deals that will at least be worth coming in and test driving and see what they've got. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot brewing locally when it comes to uh, the NHL and Major League Baseball. So let's not waste any time. Let's get to it. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. And it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. It is your starting lineup right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hands, uh, Ryan Smith sent out a picture earlier today of a beautiful rendering of downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, that involved a new look uh, Delta Center, a new look downtown that uh, really featured the beauty of what we could see. Now, granted, it comes with a cost, too. And I know right now it's hanging out in the uh, Utah legislature as they are in session as we speak. Um, our good friend Lindsay Ertz, who is a uh, reporter for KSL TV, said that a significant change is coming to the bill. Lawmakers are um, working on the hotel tax, studying over how that affects. Also, the sales tax uh, is probably getting taken out. And we're looking at a situation where uh, right now it did get past a House committee by the uh, count of 8 to 2. But 
You could see hotel costs go up about 1.5%. That's about $3 per night on a $200 per night hotel stay. Car rental tax could go up another 1.5% to help pay for this in terms of what downtown and Major League Baseball, a potential stadium could look like as well. I know a lot of people get nervous about stuff like this when they hear taxes, and I get it. We all work hard uh, for our bottom line. We all work hard to try to uh, save as much money as we possibly can. Uh, A lot of this is going to be tourism that gets hit with this, not individual people here in the state of Utah, which, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm totally fine with. But I think people need to understand that, look, I mean, at the end of the day, and this is my opinion, Hans, and I don't, I don't know where you're at on this, uh, bringing Major League Baseball and NHL to Salt Lake City is a insane opportunity for the state, an insane opportunity for the sports world, an insane opportunity for us to bolster our landscape of who we are in the sports world in, uh, in the country. And look, I say go for it. Let's do it. Let's roll, baby. I, I want to go. I want it now. And and I'm ready to pony up. If I if I stay in a hotel downtown, give me the three dollars an extra night. I'm happy to I'm happy to throw in a few extra coins to make this work. Man, a lot of thoughts on this too. Uh, I went on with our sister station with Dave and Debbie just about uh, 15 20 minutes ago. Dave shot me a text ask if I'd jump on with them talk about this a little bit and you know they're they're definitely harping on it and and hitting all the different aspects of it but it's really tough scotty because our job is sports and this is bigger and better sports and so all i can do is sit there and cheer for it and get excited about it and be pumped over it and you know i know that there's a lot of people that probably aren't that way I'm sure there are a lot of people that are hearing tax and they're like, wow, what? Uh, for instance, if, if there was a proposal to put some huge mathematics center downtown and they're talking about a billion dollars to build a mathematics center and they're going to reorganize downtown and attach taxes to this mathematics center, I, I'd be sitting here like, what, what are we doing? What? What yeah. are we talking about? Yeah. What are we what are we doing? Oh, it's for the development of of health benefits and and math is connected to the world and, and it's running and I'd be like, I I don't care. I don't want any taxes attached to anything mathematic. What are you talking about? A bunch of geeks out there working in a building trying to figure out two plus two? We already know it. Like we figured out the math. Like what are we doing? You know, it would be it would be really difficult. So I, I try to look at it at both ends, you know, like this would have a huge impact on you and I, yeah. on our show, on our lives, on our day-to-day job. It would it would be hugely influential. And by the way, in a very positive way for us, very positive way. But I also want to be really careful because I don't want to just stomp around and say, oh, this has to get done. This must be done because there's a lot of people out there that are like, sports, baseball, I hate baseball. And, you know, I know those people aren't listening, so I know we don't really appeal to them and we don't really appease them. But at the same time, I look at this, I'm like, okay, let's just make sure everything is on the up and up and that these tax hikes aren't too big. And and I know you were just talking about some of the increases on the hotel and the car rental taxes. And I know that um, there's a lot of conversation about the sales tax and what might happen there with the NHL side of things. But... I want it so badly. I want this so badly. 
And I'm looking at the renderings. And, Scotty, you and I love Petco Park. Yes. You know how much I love San Diego, and I love the Gas Lamp District, and I, I love the convention center that kind of spans the beach, and Petco Park that's just away from the beach, and all of it is accessible and very user-friendly, and everything, you can get there from Uber to train to all kinds of different ways. You can get down to that area, and you've got beach access, and it's just it's so amazing, and it brings tourism, and it brings dollars, and it brings awareness and interest to your area, and you're, you're going to see your property values go up, and you're going to see so many things, but there are negatives. You know, that, that will come with property tax increases. That will come with um, a, a flooding of people. You know, we've already got freeways that are getting packed in, and our freeways might get more and more packed in, so... There's a lot of things to think about when you sit here and have an opinion about a multi-billion dollar building being put downtown Salt Lake City. Yeah. And I think it's important that we're looking at, uh, you know, different things here. You've got the NHL and the Jazz and the Delta Center with Ryan Smith. And then you've got the baseball with uh, the Miller family. And there's a lot of details about that that I think are important. Um you know, you look at some of the storylines here that say um, that the um, the Miller Group, the the stadium. Let's let's just talk about the Major League Baseball stadium here for a second. Um, the hotel taxes will not go up until a team is secured via an expansion contract. The state would own the stadium and is only on the hook for financing half of the costs. Uh, the caps. Uh, the amount of state pays if the project does go over budget. Uh, so the Miller Group would be on the hook if it goes over a certain amount uh, over budget. Um, the Miller Group would be renting it at $150,000 per month. Um, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty hefty bill there. And the bill stipulates that if a team doesn't work out for whatever reason, the owners have to pay back any taxpayer money that's already been invested. So, you know, uh, and the Miller Group has already contributed $3.5 billion of its own money <laughs> towards the project as well. Uh, here's Steve Stark's comment. We want to see a thriving development with or without baseball, and this allows us to begin that process of remediation, infrastructure, Jordan River cleanup. We want this to be a thriving area. So that's in terms of the uh, power district. And then, of course, the Ryan Smith photos of what, he's proposing and what he would like to put downtown and how he wants to make that look downtown. And, you know, here's another element to this too, that I think is important that I I do think that there is, and I want to be careful about this as well, because there's, there's a lot of issues that we're dealing with downtown and you and I were, we're in that area. That's where our studios are at. You and I have been coming there, whether it's been at the arena with the jazz or whether it's uh, at Bonneville uh, who currently is our employee, I mean, we see a lot of what's going downtown, and frankly, I think downtown needs a bit of a facelift, and I think that there needs to be investment. Whether it's in the Delta Center or not, I think that there's a lot of revitalization that needs to happen in that area because it's just kind of gotten itself into a little bit of a rut there, and I think that it, a good facelift would be in order to try to give it you know, a nice situation. The gateways got its struggles. Uh, I'd like to see something be done there. I'd like to see something do to kind of give it just kind of a little kick and, and get it going. Yeah, I would too. And it definitely needs it. 
and I'm excited about the renderings and I'm excited about the potential of all of it. And I remember when the gate was gateway was going in, there was some excitement, but the gateway, it, it you know, we are not Arizona. We're not Phoenix. We're not San Diego. We are not one of these 70 degree temperatures and winters are mild type of areas. So when you're designing these outdoor areas and you're designing all these walking paths and especially with a, a couple of leagues that play in winter months, you've got to be really intelligent with the development of it. And I think that the gateway has kind of fallen flat because there is, and, and I know they've tried to kind of rebuild with fireplaces and different yeah. fire pits and warmth and areas that you can stand. But it's so nice to be in San Diego or Phoenix because in the middle of winter, you can walk around yeah, and you can enjoy the outside. And, and here in Salt Lake City, you've just got to be smart because you're going to deal with extreme heats in the summer and extreme colds in the winter. And it's not easy to develop areas that accommodate both those temperatures. It's, it's tough. So I know, like I, I do, I want a downtown that's like San Diego. But in order to do that, you've got to have a beach pretty close and you've got to have 70-degree temperatures through the middle of winter. That's just the facts. It's really tough to develop a downtown that thrives year-round, like some of these nice-weather downtowns that we have throughout the country. It's just tough, and that's something that we really have to face. Can it really be a place where we all congregate and enjoy? And I know City Creek, the new mall, they tried to build a lot of it indoors. And, you know, you go down to City Creek and everything's so stinking expensive that you don't even know if you want to buy down there. And so I think that there's a really fine line of getting too expensive, too extravagant, but still accommodating during the freezing temperatures if you really want it to be kind of a a hub and a central for people to enjoy you just it's tough scotty it it is a tough climate to try to attack that way well and, and that's you know and i think those are all logistics that i think are really important and i think there's a lot of lessons learned there i think the gateway is a lesson learned i think city creek um you and i you know avoid it a little bit because of the price range but i do know there's a lot of people that love the restaurants and love the atmosphere and love going down there and oh, i think it's incredible it is think, it is incredible and and so i think that there's a lot of good lessons learned there i think that you and i would like it to be a little bit more affordable <laughs> yeah but 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 every time i go down there you see a bunch of people there and i think that they would like to replicate a lot of the good things that they pulled out of city creek and put it downtown and just move it a little bit closer to third west and so look i think that there's look if we want to be a big boy city we got to make big boy decisions you know this is this is a big boy decision here and if we want to become a metropolis hub that brings in tons of conventions and tons of concerts and tons of cool things and major league baseball and nhl we got to step up. We got to be big boy. These are big boy decisions. And you can't be and again, this is my opinion. And 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 if if I sound too preachy, then I apologize, but I'm really passionate about this. And yes, hands hit it on the head. Am I being selfish about this? Yes. I want to cover a major league baseball team. I want to cover an NHL team. Lloyd and I get on these meetings with other teams across or other uh, sports radio uh uh, groups across the country and they're like well you know we got the nfl draft coming up and now we're getting ready for the start of major league baseball season and we're you know the team we're covering is in the nhl playoffs and lloyd and i are looking at each other like man how great would that be 
How awesome would that be? So, yes, I totally understand. I'm being 100% selfish when I say this. But we like to consider ourselves big boys, right? Some reason we have this Utah, and I don't know what it is, but we have this little bit of this inferiority complex when it comes to our teams and we come to our sports. And we want everybody to like us. So we want everybody to think we're cool and we're up to speed with everything else. Well, guess what? If we're going to do that, then we got to embrace what it takes to be a big boy sports place. If we want to be a big boy sports town, we have to be embracing NHL. We have to be embracing Major League Baseball. And I will do a lot of digging. I've been in contact with a couple of politicians uh, here in the state, some that are you know working on some of these bills individually. And over the next couple of weeks, hands, we're going to do a little deep dive into how this is going to impact in individuals because i think a lot of people hear the billion or the two billion dollars and they think oh my gosh my taxes are going to go up thousands of dollars every year well what if it's three dollars a night on a hotel stay what if it's an extra two dollars and fifty cents a day for a rental car that will never impact you individually what if it's fifty dollars a year for you like what's your number to become a big boy sports town and a big boy venue for people to come in and say, wow, I get to go see Major League Baseball. I get to see the NHL. I get to see the NBA. I get to see two teams in Big 12 uh, college athletics. You know, what's that number where you're okay with it? And that's what I think we need to do. Before we all freak out and get on Twitter and lose our minds about, hey, you're a billionaire, you pay for it. Okay, well, how is this going to impact you as a sports fan? How is this going to impact the state? And how does it really impact you in your pocketbook? Because I've already got people tweeting at me like, this is going to affect my quality of life. Is it? Is it really? Because there's a number where it does. I don't know what that number is. It's different for everybody. But is it $50 a year? Is it a hotel stay? Is it a, um, is it a car rental? Is it a little bit more on your sales tax? What is that number? And I think that before we freak out, we got to do a little digging and I'll do some due diligence on this over the next uh, few days and find out exactly what we're working on. Because if you really want us to be a big boy sports radio or a big boy sports town, then, you know, sometimes we got to make these decisions. And I'm curious to know exactly what that's going to look like. Well, and I'm all on board with that, but I I really do want to know. What what it what is exactly going to be attached to the detail? I want to know because I do not like increased taxes in any area. I will tell you though, you know, you go to San Diego and you spend three hundred and twenty dollars a night on a hotel room because it's taxed and then taxed again and taxed again and then there's another tax and and tax just continues to compile on us as Americans. And every time I hear it, oh, a tax increase, it's like, geez, man, another one and another one. For us in this industry, it's like, oh, finally, one that makes sense. Yes, yes, bring on the tax. We're, that's fine. But for people that aren't interested in it, they're like, geez, it's just another tax that's going to sit on my community. And, you know, the, the hotel tax, it doesn't get us. Maybe it, it will get us from, you know, if, if you're headed down to St. George to stay, get out of the cold for a couple of days and you get popped with the tax there. But the thing is, if you're headed to a big town nowadays, you're getting popped with tax at the hotels. So you, you go on a vacation anywhere, you're paying an increased hotel tax for some infrastructure that they probably have that generates that 
resource that generates that tourism that brings you to that area. And my thought is, well, Salt Lake City should probably have something that's similar. Yeah. Something that does generate, something that does bring interest, something that pulls people in. And and remember, that is going to increase the well-being of our city and our state over time. I'll just put it this way, Scotty. What if we would have started stomping our feet when Larry Miller decided to buy the Jazz and bring it to Salt Lake City? Yeah. And, and what the ramifications of that was going to be. Now, I know at the time it was a different climate. I know that he spent whatever it was, $250 million or something like that to build that arena originally. And But you look at the way that the community surrounded it, and you look at the support that it was given, and you look at what it's given back to us, to all of us, to this entire state. The Utah Jazz has given back. They are in our communities. The athletes are in our communities. The, you know, all of the um, organizational presidents and the millers who became stewards and all of that had such a great influence and impact on our community that you can't really attach a number to it. It, it really brings back to us as Utahns. So I'm very passionate about this going down and, it, and this happening. I'm also very... Um, I am very skeptical with the hands that are involved in these kinds of huge decisions and these kinds of big operations. And that's where I rest pretty dang comfortable. Because when we're talking about the Millers and we're talking about the Smiths, I think that those are, and, and the way I've gotten to know them and their organizations, I think they're really good people, Scotty. Yeah, I, yep. I, I think they're good people with good intentions. I don't think that these are, are you know, deeply hurtful, vengeful uh, corporations that are looking to squeeze the juice that they can out of a community and then get out of it with a big sell and, and say, ha ha, gotcha all. I, I really do believe that the Miller Group and the Smith Group have the best of intentions. For Salt Lake City. So that that actually plays into how I feel about, you know, these tax exceptions that might be coming down the way. I, it, it really is important who you're getting in business with. And you've seen the inner workings of the Miller Group. Um, I've been in, in different contract negotiations and I've worked with different faces and different names inside that group. And I can tell you with an honest heart, I can tell you I have been dealt with fairly. I have been treated very good in all their dealings. And, and the business that I've watched them conduct has, has been on the up and up and it's felt honest and it's felt fair at no point. Have I felt taken advantage of or felt like they were underhanded? And I think those are all things that you got to take into consideration when we're talking about who's asking for the tax dollars, who's looking to be the stewards of these new uh, uh, major sports organizations as they come into the state. I think it's really important. Yeah. And I think I and I think it's fair when people are talking about dollar bills and you're right. I mean, I think your math building analogy is spot on. Like there are certain things that like I've, I've been going through my my cell phone bills and I see like four cents here and 15 cents here. And, and I'm like, who what are all these handouts here for? Like, what is this? This is ridiculous. And, and it, it makes me want to lose my mind when I see just the nickel and diming going on right now. And I'm just talking about a few cents here. And so if I go to a hotel and I get my. 
you know, they bid, you know, they say, oh, you know, it's $149 a night. You're like, okay, well, that, that's cool. And then you get your final bill, and it's like, whoa, what, what happened to that $149? you are like, well, there's this $3 tax here and this $4 tax here and this $5 tax. And you're like, wow, that's that's nuts. And so you start to get a little upset about it. And I, and so I get it. Like, I totally get it. Um, but I do think it's worth taking a little bit of time before we freak out because we're so overreactionary about everything. I think it's important that you take some time and do a little research and see what it will do to you individually. How does this impact you personally, individually, before you freak out and start losing your mind on Facebook and Twitter and start screaming at your local representative? And that's what I think, Hans, I'm going to try. I'm going to be doing over the next few days is is reaching out to people and saying, okay, what's the individual impact? What are we looking at here? Because I'm willing to make an individual sacrifice, me personally, because I love sports and it directly affects my profession and how I do my profession, I'm willing to do whatever. Now, that's not the same for everybody else. You're right. There's a lot of people out there to be like, I don't care about baseball. I don't care about the NHL. I want that extra money in my pocket. And you'd be fair in saying that. So what I want to do is see exactly what that individual impact looks like for the average person. And I'll be doing research. I'll be presenting that on the air over the next few days. I'll be doing everything I can to help out and educate you so you know exactly what you're looking at and exactly how that impacts you. And then you can freak out. And then you can lose your mind one way or another. Because I honestly think it's worth it. I think it's important. I think it's great for the state what's it worth if we increase a rental car and a hotel stay to be able to say oh guess what the salt lake baseball team is going to be hosting the new york yankees in a four-game series or the boston red sox or the chicago cubs what's that worth to individual tourism what's that worth to economic impact to the state of utah and salt lake city what's that worth when an NHL team uh, hosts a playoff series or a Stanley Cup series. How does that impact uh, economically the state and the city? That's a pretty big price tag there. And that, that's a big boost to who we are as a community for sure. Well, I know, Scotty, is I want to see Tim Daly Mazda on the side of that new building. That's all I know. Yes. Can we get that done, Jake? Absolutely. I'm completely in on that. That's something that could happen? Yeah, for sure. Put Abs- that uh, there we go. There we go. I, I like this little button. First right time here. on radio? Yeah, yeah, first time. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm sitting in Scotty's chair. Scotty, I'm sitting uh, in chair, Jake, buddy. I miss you, buddy. I'm, si- I'm sitting in your chair. It's just, you know, I thought, wow, there's, I'm a little, I'm a little guy like you now, so I wanted to sit in your chair. Let's uh, go. We, uh, we've been talking about this new building and, and what it could bring to this community and you know, Jake, you've been around this thing. You've been around car dealerships, and you've been around selling cars. And I, I just think about the importance of honesty and integrity, and that's really what Tim Daly has become. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, you know, Tim for, you know, Tim Daly now for 65 years is, is you know, been completely on the, the up and up. And, you know, he is such a man of integrity and honesty. And, um, you know, obviously he's built uh, what he has today based upon those things and building people customers for life. And, uh, you know, one of those, one of the things that he's shown how to give back is by doing this forever warranty on all of his cars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how, how often can you go buy a car and know that you're going to be taken care of forever? 
You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. Transmission, engine, you know what I mean? Those things that are the most expensive to fix down the road, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Warranted for life. <clears throat> yeah, or, you know, for life. When you drive it off this lot. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's impressive. I, I know that a lot of people out there maybe don't, Mazda's not top of mind when they're thinking about buying a new car. But what I would just encourage people is come and try a Mazda. See just how it fits. See yeah. how it rides and how it fits because you know, it is really comfortable. It's crazy. You know that Mazda's actually come to the table big time. I mean, this, the all-new CX-30, um, you know, it's a it's an all-wheel drive uh, crossover that you can get on a lease for like $200 a month. $200 a month mm-hmm. on, you know, on a brand-new crossover you know, crossover all-wheel drive out there. I mean, I don't know. Today it snowed, and, you know, I see a lot of people that need some crossovers yeah. or should be driving some crossovers. Yeah, we saw some of the accidents that went down. Yeah, that. yeah. It was. I mean, it's crazy. The difference between the dealership and my house is about four inches of snow. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I just want people to come down, check it out. Scotty, I know you've bought a lot of cars from these guys. Oh, yeah. You, you know how they work their business. Well, you know, here's here's the thing. And, Jake, you know, you and I go back a long time, and we give each other a lot of grief a little bit. But at the end of the day – I really value my car buying experience from people that I know and trust. Like, there's two things that are important. Number one, the quality of vehicle you buy. And number two, the experience you have when you buy it. And um, if those two things don't merge, then you're going to have a bad experience. And and it's not going to – and you're going to have a bad – you're going to be in a bad situation. And one thing I can 1,000% assure you is you go to Tim Daly Mazda – you're going to deal with people who are going to care about you, respect your time, and respect your dollar, and you're going to drive away in a beautiful vehicle. It's going to be well protected. Absolutely. You know, and, and here's the thing is, let's be honest, at the end of the day, there's a lot of dealerships out there that you can choose to do business with. Um, the thing is I, I want to pride myself on is is giving you an experience, right? I want you guys to have a different experience when you come by a car. I want you to understand that we're people, too, and that we can laugh and have a good time, and it could be a good experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, roll out the red carpet to make sure that they not only buy one car, but they buy all the cars from us. And the only way that we're going to do that is by rolling out the red carpet and making sure that they understand that they're the most important thing to us, and the customer is the most important thing to us. And I'd love the opportunity to go out and show that to anybody that comes down and anybody that comes down down today um i'm going to do an additional twenty five hundred dollars off on any new Ooh. car twenty five hundred dollars yep i don't think i've heard you nope never no you haven't put that number out there nope never uh 2024 starting off the right way hey we got a bunch of new cars we got to sell and i had 65 new cars land just in the last four days oh my God. so i got i got i got to move some of these cars so come down yeah I, I need to i really do need to move some new cars so come down and and take advantage of that additional twenty five hundred. I mean, you want zero percent and twenty five hundred bucks and any rebate? Come down. Ooh. You want to have a you know to get get a two hundred dollar lease on a brand new car? Come down. You know what I mean? Like there's so many op- options for you for every car buyer out there from small to big. So come see us. Hands and Scotty, it's Tim Daly, Mazda Southtown, right there on Automall Drive. Jake and the crew ready to help you out. It's all right here on ninety seven five DKSL Sports Zone. You need to see this jazz team up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy! Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win jazz tickets. As The Zone will give away jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you back. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. And Scotty 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, guess what? It's a Tuesday, and it means it's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz Tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. All right. Call number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz take on the Wizards at Delta Center on March 4th. You want those tickets? Again, be calling number 12, 801-575-ZONE. If you don't win right now, well, guess what? We'll give away another pair at 1.30, another pair at 2.30, another pair at 3.30 and 4.30 and 5.30. Lots of ways for you to win. It's all brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. Hands and Scotty, college hoops coming up tonight, Hands. We got Utah State and Fresno State. You'll hear it here on the zone. You got BYU and Kansas. Big game there as well. College hoops, man. Do you get the vibe that college hoops is making a little bit of a comeback here in the state of Utah? Well, I think I think it's always here. It's just it, it's always a reminder when we see teams climb up at the top 25 and make noise, especially when it was kind of unexpected noise. And I think at any given moment, our state is ready to pay attention to college basketball. I, I really do, Scotty. I mean, even with Alyssa Peely and what the Utes have done with the women's basketball team, it's like, oh, well, let's talk about that and let's be interested in that. Let's go watch it. Um, Coach Roberts was talking about their attendance and – Lloyd, I can't remember the exact number that she gave over the last couple of years, but their attendance jump is insanity. And I think Craig Smith would have the same. You know, if he got some consistency and showed a real turnaround, I think the Huntsman would be packed full. And that's just what we're seeing with the Marriott and what we're seeing with the Spectrum right now. So a couple of big-time turnarounds, an unexpected year from Utah State. I'd say an unexpected year from BYU. Yeah. Uh, equally, probably, but just based off of the conference that they were moving into and what the outlooks looked like going into that conference. I can't remember where they were picked in the conference preseason poll, but I, I know it was low. And here they are at 500, swinging fists, doing everything they can to stay relevant and playing against Kansas tonight on the road. Just uh... – and that's the thing. Look, I, I like I don't know how BYU is going to do tonight. I don't know how well they're going to handle themselves in one of the more iconic places in all of college basketball, if not the the place in all of college basketball. But still, at the end of the day, you look at this game and you look at where BYU is at right now, sitting in conference. Uh, they're 19 and eight on the season. They're 18th in the latest Ken Palm. They're easily in the NCAA tournament as of right now. It would take a monumental meltdown for the Cougars not to make the NCAA tournament. And 
they have handled themselves extremely well. They're 7-7 seven and seven in Big 12 play, far better than I thought they'd be. Even if they finish the year at 8-10 and 10 in conference play, you know, that's still a that's still a uh, that's still a, a a a season that gets you in the tournament, as far as I'm concerned. And I think you've got probably a chance to get two more wins. I think you definitely beat Oklahoma State at home in the Marriott Center to end the season. I think uh, there's a strong chance they beat TCU in the Marriott Center. So even if they lose at Kansas tonight, and even if they lose at Iowa State on uh, March 6th, to go nine and nine in Big Twelve play, your first year in the Big Twelve in that murderous row of, the con- of, of a conference. Yeah, my goodness, that's uh, and to have a twenty win season for Mark Pope in his first year in this conference. My goodness, I mean, it's we talk about incredible accomplishments. That's about as good as you could possibly hope for if you're a BYU fan. Yeah, that's a gigantic accomplishment, and you know, I think that there are some tournament interests that I pay attention to. I'd like to see BYU get a win if possible. I'd like to see them get a win or two if possible in conference play. And and same with Utah State. I, I I hope Utah State can win the outright Mount West Conference Championship, but I'd love to see them go play some solid, solid tournament, conference tournament play. But when it really boils down to it, what we all want to see is an NCAA tournament win. Yes. I, I, I know that the – NCAA tournament appearances are really nice and exciting and fun. But when you're ejected after the first round, it's like, you know, it's and and every round, the the excitement just builds. When I was talking with Coach Roberts yesterday, uh, again, bringing up the women's Utah basketball team. uh, Remember, Scotty, the two NCAA tournaments games that they hosted at the Huntsman Center and then they lost in the Sweet 16 but the excitement that was generated by them making it to the Sweet 16 I think about BYU or Utah State making it to the round of 32 and I'm like okay now we've got a story that, you know I it's it's great make it to the tournament that's great but give me a win get to the round of 32 give me the possibility of a Sweet 16 and that's where I really start to yeah. get excited about the coaches and, and college basketball. And we're really getting close to that. No, and, and that's, you know, Lloyd always says, hey, this might be your year. Because cause that's that's like a goal of mine is to, you know, I've, I've been able to call some really cool games and some really cool moments. And, frankly, I just want to be able to call a game or call a win in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I just – I haven't been able to do it yet. I've called a few NCAA tournament games. They've all been losses. I just want a win just to see what it's like to see the team that you cover and the team that you call a game for pick up a win or two in the NCAA tournament. I would just be awesome, just absolutely awesome, because there's nothing quite like it. Like, bowl games are really cool, and I, I, I think the college football playoff would be right there. Um, I think Utah playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl for the first time probably is right up there with that. Uh, but there's something about, because I get it, the regular season for college basketball can be a little mundane and the quality of basketball can be a little rough. But when you get in that one and done and winner moves on, loser, I mean, hands, I you know, when, when I'm with the team and you lose a game in the NCAA tournament, the NCAA cannot discard you fast enough. I mean, it's like one of my first dates in college like you you go out on the date and then she sees how you're dressed 
and she sees that you're making her order water at the at the restaurant and she cannot kick you to the curb fast enough like you're done you're out you've lost every opportunity that's how it is when you lose in the ncaa tournament it's really cool the press conferences are awesome before they treat you like gold uh they roll out the red carpet when you walk into your hotel they've got a band playing and they've got all this really cool things and then when you lose you're gone they're like get your crap get on that plane and get the bleep out like they they cannot get rid of you fast enough it is such a like a hard stop where you're going 100 miles an hour and then all of a sudden there's a cement barrier and bam you're done you're out and they want you out of there you're filth you're disgusting you don't deserve to be around this uh, organization anymore get out and it's 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 really startling and it, it's actually a little rough on the players too because they're like whoa what what happened to all the really cool stuff well you lost and you're done and uh and this is for winners and you're not a winner Every, and, se- every second that you're around is costing them money. So exactly, they're, they're gonna get you out of there. Exactly, and so it's it would be great to be able to enjoy that ride for as long as possible for the players, for the universities, and things like that. And I think BYU and Utah State have an opportunity to do that. You look at the latest bracketology; they're both, you know, I think BYU in a lot or anywhere from a six to a seven seed. Utah State anywhere from in that range, six to eight seed. And that, that gives you an opportunity to win a game or two. Yeah, that's what I've seen mostly is, is in that six and seven uh, seat stage. And uh, I think that puts you in a pretty good position to get a, a somewhat favorable matchup. And as we've learned about the NCAA tournament, it's all about matchups. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's all about the team you end up seeing. And if that team can deal with great Osibor as he gets the ball on the block – if that team can deal with an Ali Khalifa as Ali gets the ball at the top of the arc and he's working some of that, uh, you know, some of that screen magic and some of that passing magic that he has. And I think you get that higher seed and you've got that opportunity to see a team that can't match with those bigs. You know, BYU and Utah State are in pretty unique situations now with these durable, pass-happy um I would say Osborne, powerful bigs. I would say Khalifa, not quite as much power, but he's got a lot of smarts that set so many things up. I actually think that they're in a good position to match up well against a lot of teams in the tournament. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, And that's, you know, when you – and the thing is with BYU is when you shoot a lot of threes, uh, you can go on a long run if you're hitting them. And you could be – annihilated really quickly if you're not um but i do think the way byu defends will keep them in a lot of games and i think their ability to diversify who they are with khalifa and the different aspects of his game i think it's really easy to look at byu and say oh they're just a three-point shooting team and they are to a certain extent uh but i do think they do have the ability to adapt when things aren't going well i'd like to see a little bit more of that from them uh utah state last year that's that's who they were i mean they were they were a three-point bulk shooting team, and if they didn't fall, they were going to lose. It was just that simple. And they had one of their worst shooting performances of the year in the NCAA tournament, and boom, they were gone. Um, and they were immediately eliminated because they didn't really have another aspect of their game. BYU, I think, is a little bit better in that regard. Uh, and, and I think that will serve them well in the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. 
Well, it'd be nice to see him tonight. I mean, we got a lot of big basketball going down tonight. Uh, for those of you that are looking for good basketball, college basketball, Utah State tipping off against Fresno State and BYU taking on Kansas. Kansas is unbeaten at home, currently 15-0 and in that arena. Very difficult place to go and get a win. It would be really nice if BYU could get them to 15-1 and and get that first L set on Kansas in their home arena. It would be gigantic and it would be it would play huge in my opinion it would play huge in ranking and seating so hopefully they're focused hopefully their threes are falling and they can go out there i i gotta imagine you're feeling pretty good about this utah state fresno matchup tonight though scotty yeah yeah i fresno's beat up they've had two players that are out for the year with injuries but again you just you're always on edge because you just can't have that slip up and when you're talking about 18 to 22 year old kids out there they can slip up pretty easily and not have their minds right and you could i mean this utah state team they could beat anybody they could also lose to anybody and and i don't know maybe uh, maybe i'm overstating things a little bit but it should be a win it should be a big win uh but again if you slip up for a moment i just have that air force going to new mexico and beating the lobos in the pit which makes zero sense they were 1-14 in, in conference play, and then all of a sudden they go to New Mexico and win? I mean, that's nuts. That makes no sense at all. Hands and Scotty, this is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. Joining us right now, collegefootballnews.com, he is Pete Futak. Pete, what's going on, man? Give me the superpower team you're really freaked out about in the Big 12. There isn't one, which is why, you know, Utah is probably one of the favorites right now. Arizona is one of the favorites. Oklahoma State, one of those teams is going to get in the college football playoff. So it's just going to make the regular season that much bigger because now it's not just up to a panel of judges to come up with four teams. Top five ranked conference champions get in, seven at large. It's fine. You know, a little cookie to the group of five program champions. And they get their stay in there. And then you get other teams, you know, who like an FSU of last year might get their moment and get in the playoffs and, you know, do what they can do. It's just going to make numbers that much bigger. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right, yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, remember to nominate the youth sports volunteer that you know for the Hercules Hero of the Week. Submit your nominations at kslsports.com slash contest and listen every Thursday afternoon to JJ and Alex for the winner. Help uh, us celebrate the efforts of those who volunteer making an impact with the Hercules Hero of the Week sponsored by Hercules Credit Union. All right, hands another edition of what you may have missed right here on The Zone. Utah Jazz back in action tonight, Scotty, and they are the favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite against Atlanta. Um, for those of you that aren't real aware of what's going on with Trey Young, he's out for an extended period of time. He tore a ligament in his finger, so he's done for a while. So it's going to come down to Deontay Murray and the crew to try to overcome not having Trey Young on the court. But they're a road dog favorite. 
and that is uh, a a better sign that maybe they go into Atlanta, get some work done. But, Scotty, I just kind of remain steady thinking that they're going to finish through these next 24 or 25 games just below 500 and just outside of the top 10. Yeah, I think you're probably spot on on that one. Uh, that'll be uh, be interesting for sure to see how this plays out tonight. But, again, a game that considering the Jazz and if you just look at the rosters and you uh, and you look at – both of them it should be a jazz win now whether or not that actually happens remains to be seen but you see the jazz up against uh some guy named quinn snyder so there you go all right hands and scotty 97.5 the ksl sports zone do you think that matters at all to these guys not having quinn or going up against quinn they're not a lot of not a lot of holdovers i mean you got what do you got I mean, let's see here. You got Clarkson. That's you it. got. I think Clarkson's it. Clarkson's it, isn't it? Holy yeah. smokes. Never mind. Yeah. In a two-year period, Clarkson, I believe, remains the only jazz player that was here under Quinn Snyder. That's crazy to me. Oh, wow. That's right. Who am I missing? Not Keontae, not Collins. Not Chris. Kessler Kessler was a rookie last year. Yep. Chris Dunn. Markinen. Wow. Hmm. Crazy. All right. Hans and Scotty. Uh, Hans, I know you're hanging out there at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Make sure to stop by and uh, say hi. You got all kinds of goodies. Is the candy dish out there ready to go? Candy dish is out, man. We got all the chocolates. We got jazz shirts. If you want to come by, grab a jazz shirt. I think that's a jazz flag. Oh, yeah. We've got a jazz flag that you can come by and grab. So it's a take note flag that you can hook up on your flagpole and fly and show your fandom. Well, there you go. Make sure to get down there. And more importantly, though, I want you to take one of these vehicles out for a test drive, whether it's the 90, whether it's 30, whether it's the 50, whether it's the 5. There's so many great uh, Nissans to choose from. And the fact is, not only are you going to get a great vehicle, you're going to get a great warranty to go along with it, with that Tim Daly warranty that Jake was talking about, but you're also going to get a great car buying experience with guys that have been around the business for a long time, and they respect your time, they respect your dollar, and want to make sure you're in a vehicle that you can afford to drive. They're not going to, you know, try to sneak something past you. They're upfront, they're honest, and it's a great vehicle. It's a win-win, and right now, hands, and I don't know if Jake got in trouble for it, but he's given $2,500 off right now. So that's $2,500 off. He's going to give you more for your trade-in than anybody else. And all the rebates, everything else that goes along with it, all the crazy interest rates, boom, they're going to attach to it as well. These are new vehicles ready to go. You can get in, I believe he said uh, uh, some of these vehicles, you can get into a lease as little as $200 a month. Just some ridiculous numbers on these vehicles. Go down, find out for yourself. It's Tim Daly, Mazda Southtown, right there in Sandy on Automall Drive, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke joins us next. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone.
97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. And make sure to join JJ and Alex 3 to 6 at the 9th Annual Salt Lake Off-Road and Outdoor Expo at the Mountain America Expo Center. Check out all the cool stuff. Get great deals while getting in some off-road land use. Get your tickets at slorex.com. That's slorex.com. Kids 12 and under get in free. Now you'll take that. Nothing wrong with that at all. All right, David Locke's going to join us coming up here in just a moment. Uh, David uh, sent out a tweet the other day, was flying, and uh, got cranky. Some dude next to him took off his shoes. You're not a take-your-shoes-off guy on an airplane, are you? No, I, I just don't even start the flight with them on, so that's the Oh, there you go. Just barefoot the whole way through the terminal. <laughs> it's alarming when somebody introduces it mid-flight, but if it's – there from the get-go, it's just not as hard to deal with, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not okay. People, keep your shoes on. Nobody, nobody, wants to see, nobody wants to see your bare feet in an airplane sitting next to you. Um, Jazz and Hawks coming up tonight. Uh, you'll hear the game right here on The Zone with David Locke on the call. Should be a fun one for sure. Uh, Jazz is... Hans mentioned a favorite. You're not going to see that a lot this year throughout the remainder of the season, but still a game on the road, and you don't see you don't see the Jazz favorite on the road, but that is the case tonight against the Hawks. Let's get to it. Time for our weekly conversation with David Locke. How and uh... It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke joins us now. So, David, the guy just took his shoes off and just looked around and said, what are you guys going to do about it? My shoes are off. Deal with it. That's not okay on an airplane. You seem perfectly comfortable with that, right? But we haven't even taken off yet. Like, it was the first move of the flight. Wow. And it wasn't thorough? Uh, no, I was not, I didn't fly with the team yesterday. I went. Uh, I did a little, uh, I, I flew to Arizona to watch my daughter play a college golf tournament. And the first thing in the morning, and then I flew, after she was done, I flew to Atlanta. Look at you hanging out with I the little, little people and I coach. I took a little personal, personal journey to go watch, go watch my kid play. Yeah. How was the uh, how was the first year of college athletics going? She's killing it. She's thriving. It's kind of crazy. She's way better than Dad ever thought she was going to be. If we're being totally honest, Dad did Dad did not expect what is happening right now for her. She has got the right coach in the right place at the right school at the right time, and. I don't know. Hans can probably speak to this having been an athlete. I think there's something very interesting about goal setting with athletes and kids that she had goals, most of which were to play Division One golf at a major school, at a major conference around other great athletes in a school that, like, in a town, she talked about, like, in a city that kicked town that cared about it. And so that was her goals. And if I look back on the last few years of her junior golf, like her goals weren't to win. Like she never wrote down a goal to like win a local tournament or to win certain turn. Only one local tournament did she ever write down a goal to win that she did. Like it was just really interesting. So like she got to where her dream was 
and wanted to be great there, and that's been really, really good. And I think there's something to, like, the goal never was to, like, go to a junior tournament and play well or to do anything like that. Those just weren't didn't seem to be important in the goal setting. And so then she never did. I don't know. Super interesting to watch. I'm, I'm stunned by the – I'm not making a lot of sense here. I'm stunned by her performance thus far in college. It doesn't totally jive – with how she played prior to college. So I'm trying to figure out how can you get somewhere in like in a span of frankly a month, become a totally different player. Well, let's talk about the jazz she's goals. Under par, she's on under par in probably five, 18 whole college rounds. She had not gone under par in 18 months before going to college. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke's with us. So uh, weird seeing Quinn on that. I mean, you know, on that other bench. I know it's it's been a minute, but still, it's got to be a little weird vibe seeing him over there on uh, coaching a team wearing a different jersey. Yeah, and I'm sure on a personal note, this will like. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really weird. Um, like I've actually, I don't usually think about what I'm asking the opposing coach for questions very often. And it keeps running through my head, like, oh, am I asking Quinn today? Like, and, like, as though, like, I don't know what to ask him. Like, um, you know, I haven't – he and I were pretty close, and I haven't seen him since I said goodbye to him at his house, whatever, probably, you know, 18 months ago or whatever it is now, um, or more. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be weird. I've watched enough of it on television. He and his red glasses, but I'm pretty used to that. Um, but I – and the team's weird to me. Like, actually, the weirdest thing to me is watching them. They don't look to me at all like a Quinn Snyder team, and they haven't since he took over. Um, it feels like they're running about a fourth of their playbook that we're used to seeing. I, d- I don't know if that's because of the personnel or if Quinn's had a philosophical change or, or what the reason is, but it doesn't – It doesn't. you don't watch them and go, oh, that's a Quinn Snyder team. Like, it doesn't really look like it. Is Jordan Clarkson the last from the Quinn Snyder era on this roster? Yeah, the the only right. It's incredible. Two year turnover. There's no one else, roster. right? No, not that I can. Uh, Scotty and I were just brainstorming on it. I think Jordan Clarkson's the only one. Yeah, well, we all talked to Jordan at practice today because he was the only one. I mean, John Collins is. You know, it's interesting because it's almost like here, maybe not for us, but here the bigger story is John Collins' homecoming. Yeah, right? he was six years ago drafted by this team and. Or seven years ago, and fan favorite for a long time, and part of their part of their Eastern Conference final run that they had, and I, I don't think they've got much more than like he doesn't, you know, Bogey. He said Bogdan Bogdanovich was his kind of buddy. They lived in the same complex, and they would do things, and they had a little bit of a relationship. But if you go back to you know John Collins and look at like their Eastern Conference playoff run against. When they beat Philadelphia game seven, he has that big game seven for them. Big double-double, played 41 minutes, and then they lose to Milwaukee. I mean, you talk about turnover in the league? Like, go look at their roster. It's not totally – you would think a team that's been to the Eastern Conference Finals somewhat regularly would have somewhat of a similar roster. Trey Young is, is still there. Um, but if you go to their game six loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in that game – um, you don't have a, to- you know, they don't have a ton of guys that are still back, even on the other team. Frankly, you know, uh, Milwaukee's turned it over a good deal, but so 
Kevin Herter's gone. Clint Capella is still there. Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams, Chris Dunn was on that team, by the way. That Atlanta playoff team, very subtly, without people realizing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there aren't there aren't a lot of guys. You know, there's pretty big turnover there too. It's not like he's running into a bunch of buddies. I like uh, the amount of milk that the Oreo cookie of Taylor Hendricks is getting right now. There was some good moments against the Spurs where I'm like, okay, all right. I, I think there's some really good growth and development here. And it's raw. There's still a long way to go. But overall, your impression on what you're seeing from Taylor as a starter? I think it's a great – I mean, I think exactly. I, I'm with you. I'm actually noticing – what I noticed today at shoot-around – was I thought Taylor, and I haven't seen shoot around a little bit. We didn't shoot around before a game because it's scheduled the other day because the early Sunday game. So, And also, we haven't been on the road, and I have a closer proximity to things that shoot around on a road game than I do at a home game. So this might be kind of minorly misleading. Um, but I would say um, there is a um, – I thought there was just a little bit more confidence – in him just the way he was like conducting himself at practice today just the way he just kind of belong he just you know he's like i think he might belong a little feels like he might belong a little bit more um if that makes sense or he's comfortable like oh i don't have to be sheepish about the fact i'm in the starting lineup he just i don't know the way he moved around went through the defensive drills it's minor but i i thought it was um I thought it was inter- I thought it was an interesting step for him um, today. That I just thought he's going to play with a little bit more confidence every single day for the next little while, and we'll see how it, what happens. Hey, David, could you clarify the Utah Jazz first round pick in the draft situation? This just this upcoming draft is. I've seen some different conversations with where the Jazz could end and and in the lottery and in that moment. And the two picks that they picked up, I think it was, what, 28 and 30 or something like that. Can you kind of just clarify where they stand with first-round picks coming up in this next draft? All right, so our pick goes to Oklahoma City unless it falls 1 through 10. And at the current time, we're 11th, right? Isn't that right? We're 11. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Atlanta's 10th, ironically enough. So tell me what you're rooting for tonight. Um, just to really confuse everybody. So that's the way it falls right now. If the pick, and this is where it gets kind of questionable about what you want or don't want. If the pick goes to the Jazz, so it falls between 1 through 10 and the Jazz get the pick. Then next year... The pick is again, Oklahoma City's right unless it's one. The Jazz are one through ten again. I don't think Jazz fans want to be one through ten again. I don't know if the Jazz. I don't think the Jazz front office particularly wants to be one through ten again. If for some chance in 2025 we're one through ten, then it goes in 2026. The protection drops to one through eight. And if it's 9 or beyond, 9 through 30, it goes to Oklahoma City. Hmm. Now, if we don't go to Oklahoma, if it doesn't go, if, if for the next three years we draft inside eight, 
on all three of them, 10, twice, and eight the third time, it actually becomes two seconds. But I don't think there's any intention of, by the Jazz to, like, particularly try to be there. The next few years, if you happen to be there, you happen to be there. Bad luck strikes. But the the question then, you know, so so that's the, the question is, you know, dude, the other thing that's interesting about this is the Jazz have a pick swap in 2025 with both Cleveland and Minnesota. Oh, excuse me, in 2026. We have pick swaps, both Cleveland and Minnesota. Well, you can't pick swap a pick you don't have. So in a perfect right? world, you want to get, I mean, if, and this is just David Locke's opinion, and I don't know, this is my opinion, and I don't know where you stand on this. I, don't actually, I actually have not figured out the right answer here. I do not. <laughs> That's I, opinionless I, on this. I was hoping I, you I could square it away a little bit. Well, I, I, okay, here's my opinion. And, and granted, there's always going to be a stud that, in the draft that you don't know about. There's always a, you know, a, a Greek freak or whoever that, you know, falls and ends up being a stud. But I would rather just convey it and just be done with it and not worry about pick swaps in two years or, or any of the thing. You know, you've got, uh, you got three rookies on this team. I would rather just convey the thing now and just be done with it. So they can still do that inside that top ten? They no, no, no. I would say stay at 11, 11 up and just stay where you're at right now and then just get rid of the drama and just be done and out from underneath it. So my instinct is the opposite of that. but Really? My my instinct is at this point you might as well go get the pick and hope that in the offseason you can make some moves so that you're 15th or 18th or 20th next year. We have two first-round picks next year. We have both Cleveland and Minnesota's next year. So I think my instinct is that you keep this year's pick and then have a – and we also have a new first-round pick this year. But have and have the pick. We'd have two first-round picks, one late, one early. It's a weird draft. If you have somebody you really like, maybe you can use some of those assets to move up a little bit to find someone you really, really like. And you're guaranteed to have two first-round picks next year, so I'd probably rather convey next year. Well, the only thought behind that for me is if – I can make a couple of moves, strengthen the team, and convey next year at nineteen or twenty instead of giving up eleven. You know, I agree. You know that—that's where I am. I can understand that, but I, I also understand Scotty because you're looking at it like, okay, well, what's our pool of picks? Well, we want to make sure that we're available next year, and if that's being unavailable this year, then fine. But let's make sure we're available next year with that pick. So I. I can see both ends, but I would probably fall in that category of not wanting to convey at 11, but wanting to convey at, you know, 18 below um, if, I, if I've got to move that pick to OKC. So, um, so I, I would tell you that I um, – yeah, I, I, the other one is actually I don't know that we will – actually have a um, statement. Like, I don't know if we'll have a choice on this. Have you looked at our final 17 games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. Like, it might be a moot point. Tonight, yeah. Right? If you, like, if you want to play a fun little game for a second, 
go look at our schedule and try to figure out how many more games. I'm surprised we're favored tonight. I heard you just say that. I, I, I was really surprised to hear that. Um, how many more times are we favored this year? Uh, not a lot. I, I would say two or three at the most. Favored, we're not favored again on this road trip, right? No. 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 I, okay. I don't think you'd be favored against are Orlando. We favored, we're favored at home against Washington and probably against Chicago. Probably. Right? I would assume if we're favored tonight, we're favored at home against Atlanta on March 14th, 15th. Yep. Yep. And then I don't know if you're favored again. Home against San Antonio on the 27th. And maybe home on the 29th against Houston. Maybe. So I think we're favored five, maybe six more times the rest of the season. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that gets you, if you win those, lose the others, you're at 32. I think 32 gets you inside the 10. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you Maybe play not. Minnesota twice, play Dallas twice, play Golden State twice, play Denver twice. <laughs> you, you, right. It's tough, the whole, the whole finish. You are. I mean, you're up two on the win column in Houston and Atlanta. Like, they could – they could drive it pretty now. Houston doesn't have their pick, so Houston's incentivized to win. I don't think that pick's protected. Right? Houston's got Houston um Houston's pick, I believe, is only protected one through four. So they're conveying their pick to Oklahoma City. So Houston's incentivized to win games at this point of the season. They they have no incentive to lose. Brooklyn sends their pick to Houston, ironically enough, the eighth pick of draft, and I believe that's completely unprotected in the James Harden trade, so Brooklyn's incentivized to win. Toronto sends their pick to San Antonio, if I'm correct, the seventh pick of the draft, and that one, interestingly enough, is protected one through six. So I think you could see a pretty hard tank by Toronto and I don't think there's any way the Jazz five wins ahead of Toronto can catch Toronto. Even if we tanked, like lost every game the rest of the way, I don't think I don't think Toronto wins five more games this year. So I do think though, because Brooklyn and Houston are not incentivized to lose, that Atlanta and Utah could slide to eight nine very easily. Hmm. Atlanta, interestingly enough, right now is in the play-in tournament. I don't think that changes their draft status, though. Unless they suddenly make the playoffs. Then it does. When they're playing, yeah. I know right, that they're in the play-in tournament, so if they, were to, if they were to win and make the eight, then that changes their draft status, I believe. I know we're a ways away from really getting down into it, but uh, from the GMs and the people that you talk to, is the draft as bad as, every, as uh, some of the talking heads make it out to be? I think it's the silliest concept. I just, I don't believe this concept at all. Here, let's go to the 2020 draft for a second. I did this today. This was fun. Okay. So 2020 draft had Anthony Edwards, yep. James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, who were all supposed to be amazing, right? Like that yeah. draft was like, Anthony Edwards is really good. He's going to be all pros. Number one pick. Wiseman, bust. LaMelo Ball, eh, I love him, but I'm not sure. Right? 
The next picks in this draft were Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro, Aneka Okongu, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, Denny Advita, and Jalen Smith. <laughs> That's the end of the top 10. 12 is Tyrese Halliburton. 21 is Tyrese Maxey. 25 is Emmanuel Quickly. 28 is Jaden McDaniels. And 30 is Desmond Bain. Yeah. Should have been a jazz like, man. Just find but, the talent. Yeah. Well, right, and I think. Doka has a bouquet. 27. We'll never. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and, and, and we traded, like, we can do it. We can talk about the two moves. That, you know, hey, on the, you know, on the, the two moves that, like, forever were, like, you know, happened at the same time. We drafted a Dokaz and Bouquet, and we signed Derek Favors and then had to trade Derek Favors to get out from under his contract, and that's why we're in the quandary we were in. So. Yep, yeah. And those are all fair, honest conversations to have, and we've had them at multiple times on the show. Um, I, I do think, and Ryan Smith, I, I, I mean, I think he hit it on the head. It's like it's not about where we draft. It's how we draft, you know, and that's, that's the bottom line. There's talent to be had out there. So, yeah, you just so have to be good at identifying draft, it. Like, Right. If it's a bad draft, then in theory, the pick we just got for Simone Fontecchio becomes Jaden McDaniels. And if we're trying to save our pick to get the ninth pick, it's Denny Advita. <laughs> That's that might be your best line of the uh, of the interview right there. That's spot on. Well, I didn't have any other good ones, so yeah. Oh, that's not true, David. Uh, always a pleasure. Have a great call tonight, man. Thanks, David. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Sounds good, David Locke, right here on ninety-seven five the KSL Sports Zone. As uh, I'm here in Fresno, California, it's Utah State, Fresno State coming up tonight. Hands, I know you're hanging out at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. All kinds of goodies, uh, all the candy, all the jazz gear, all that stuff you could possibly want. We'll just give it to you for free just for coming by. Again, Tim Daly Mazda Southtown on Automall Drive there in Sandy. But more importantly, I want you to get in one of these Mazdas and just take it for a test drive. Go test drive the 5. I love driving that 5. It's a fun vehicle to drive, especially if you get the turbo option attached to it. That sucker is going to just get up and down I-15 like it's nothing. If you want something a little bit bigger, they've got the 90 with the third row. Uh, You've got something a little bit uh, bigger, the 50. I'm telling you, whatever you need a vehicle to do, you can find it at uh, Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Now, that also includes your $2,500 off that Jake's giving you right now. We have not heard from Jake. And frankly, Hans, I don't know if you've seen Jake. They may have stashed him in a closet somewhere and uh, might be waterboarding him right now after he made that (laughs) announcement on the air. 2,500 was the most I've ever heard. And he did leave right after he said it. Yeah. So I'm saying you better get down there and take advantage of it because Jake might be in a whole world of trouble. But he's going to honor it. So you're going to get the $2,500 off. You're going to get the forever warranty. You're going to get all the rebates and promotions that go along with it. They've got interest rates as low as 0%. They've got incredible lease options as well. You owe it to yourself. I just want you to test drive it. If Mazda has not been on the top of your mind, that's cool. They understand that. So they want to earn it, earn your business. So get down there and take one for a test drive, and you're going to be surprised at how great those vehicles are. It's Tim Daly, Mazda Southtown, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
This is this is DJ and PK. Ryan Smith, Jazz and RSL owner, join us right here on the zone. On the local ownership piece, I've been super fortunate to be invited to be a part of a lot of different ownership groups outside of the state of Utah. I'm interested in Utah sports. I'm not interested in Premier League overseas. I'm not interested in hockey teams outside of Utah. If it's in Utah, that's what I care about. And I care about building the brand and being able to tell a good story and do things that haven't <laughs> ever been done here in Utah. Our fan base is fanatical and that's a good thing. We're fortunate to have people who really care in this state about our sports and I wouldn't trade that. We know what it feels like to win in Utah. It's better than anything <laughs> in anywhere else and there's nothing I want more than to be able to let this fan base have that in everything we do. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll get to that just here in a moment, but we got some business to take care of, like giving away jazz tickets. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. Caller 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You'll win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz take on the Wizards at the Delta Center coming up on March 4th. And again, we'll be giving away tickets at 30 past the hour all day long, all throughout the season on your Jazz Ticket Tuesdays. All right, Hans, we'll start with the good. Good, the bad, the ugly brought to you by RGS Exteriors and Construction, obsessed with quality results. I like this because Monty Williams, it's always great. I, I love when head coaches in the NBA show a little bit of emotion and a care factor, especially when it's Detroit that just suffered their 49th loss of the season. Detroit has just been horrible, but they keep fighting. And this sound and this moment from Monty kind of brought it back to make sense to me just how hard these guys are working to get wins. So last night – the Pistons are taking on the Knicks. They're in Madison Square Garden. And the Pistons had a one-point lead with 10 seconds left. They get possession of the ball. And Dante DiVincenzo, who I absolutely love, I love that play. I love his hustle. He comes across the court, and he runs right into Ozer Thompson's legs, just blows him up, runs right in his legs. I know you've seen the film, Scotty. Yeah. Lloyd, I know you've seen it. And he just, just kills him, just wrecks him. Well, Azar loses the ball, and New York is able to scoop it up. Jalen Brunson ends up with it. He pushes it up the court to Josh Hart. Josh Hart lays it up and gets an and one. And instead of being up one with 10 seconds, now they're now they're down a couple after the and one and with like two seconds left. And they end up losing. It should have been a foul. It should have been a call. It was obvious that DiVincenzo went at his legs. It was obvious it was a foul. And Monty Williams, the head coach of the Detroit Pistons, loses his mind in the postgame. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. 
we've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. He pushes away from the table at that point, Scotty, and he leaves the press conference, and that was it. He just sat down with a message, and he'll get fined, and then it'll all blow over, and it'll all go away, and then they'll keep treating Monty Williams and his young team extremely poorly. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. The crew chief, James uh, Williams, did admit afterwards that they screwed up. He said, uh, upon post-game review, we determined that Thompson gets the ball first and then was deprived of the opportunity to gain possession of the ball. Therefore, a loose ball foul should have been whistled on uh, DiVincenzo. (laughs) Well, that helps. That's nice. Thanks for that. doesn't change the game. And uh, Monty's over there like, Okay, well, that if anything, that gives me a little salt in the wound that you just admitted you screwed us over. Watching uh, Asar Thompson when, when DiVincenzo runs into his legs, <laughs> Asar's like, so, okay, been doing uh, this basketball thing a long time. He just blew up my legs. I, uh, What do we do? And, and by the way, that possession where Bronson gets it and fires it forward to Hart, Hart gets the layup in the and one. It was like, I think Detroit was kind of standing around like, oh, yeah, what, what? <laughs> Everybody knew that should have been a call. The possession should have been given back and it should have been reset. But man, play continued and props to the Knicks. They capitalized on their moment, that, that given moment. You know, Brunson was smart enough. He didn't hear a whistle. He fired that thing forward and, and took care of business. All right, Hans and Scotty, uh, let's get to it. Uh, There's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. Well, Scotty, this one is interesting to me. Um, And I think that there's a much larger picture that encapsulates what just happened with LeBron James, which, by the way, the last I looked, he deleted these tweets. Yeah. Uh, Are they gone? They're gone, aren't they? Yeah, he's deleted them. Okay, so... LeBron James has been very vocal about his son, Bronny, being an NBA-ready player. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, there was sound out there of LeBron James saying that he could play for the Lakers right now. Because I remember thinking, hey, if I'm a teammate, I'm like, hey, dude, calm down with your son. Yeah. Like, we get it. It's your son, and that's nice. But LeBron James was very vocal about Bronny's chances of being in the NBA. Well, ESPN drops him off their big board. He falls down to like 36th or 39th or something like that. So he falls out of the first round, and everybody starts chirping. Ha, bro, Bronny isn't NBA ready. And and LeBron James fires out a tweet. He said, can you all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? 
the work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. Well, LeBron, you're the one that plastered him into the public. Yeah. You're the one that has put the pressure on him. You're the one that's been extremely vocal of what his skill set is and what he could currently be doing. And and I just, Scotty, I don't know. This, this one hits home to me just a little bit because it's so tough because you're so proud of your kids. And you want to promote them and you want to talk about them and you want to blow them up and you want to tweet about it. But every time you do that, it just puts pressure on your kid. And with one comment from LeBron James, the entire world hears it. And the pressure is on. Yeah. The pressure is on. But now this tweet makes LeBron again look like a hypocrite. And that's been one of the biggest issues of LeBron in the last 10 years. He continually says things that look really stupid a year or two later or sometimes even quicker. He says things and he gets himself in a bind and it's completely hypocritical. And that's why... And I know that there was a a really big stomp down of just shut your mouth and dribble or just shut your mouth and play football, you know, basically going at the athletes and saying, hey, just shut your mouth and just do your job. And I know that everybody smacked it down and yelled it down. And these are people, too, with opinions. Well, this is the point that that makes. When you're that vocal, sometimes you're wrong. When you're that vocal, oftentimes you're wrong. And when you are proven wrong, then you look really stupid. So it's not that you need to shut your mouth and dribble. What I would say is just be more careful, be more selective. Don't go at a beat writer. And, Scotty, you know the the story I'm talking about with LeBron James. Don't go at a beat writer and use his name in a very hot-button topic. Leave him susceptible to death threats and everything else that came with it. Don't don't do that. Like, just be more selective. I'm not telling you to shut up and dribble. Just say better things because when you've got to delete a tweet because you're like, oh, that's right, I did plaster Bronny's names everywhere. I guess I should. I am the one that should let him be a college basketball player. How stupid am I? And he had to delete the tweets because he knows. Yeah. Well, and that's the, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I res- look, we, you and I have opinions on things worldwide, and sometimes we share them, and sometimes we keep them to our, ourselves, but we also have to understand that if we share an opinion outside of sports, that we're going to be held accountable, seems like a weird word, but like, like, like for example, like I, if I get on the air and you've heard me, I, I lash out on guys that get DUIs and, and it, it ticks me off and it's personal for me and, and it makes me upset. But then if I get pulled over drunk, I lose the ability to get on the air and say that stuff anymore. Like I can't do that anymore because I'm a hypocrite. Okay. I, I cannot throw an athlete under the bus for getting a DUI because I myself have done something stupid. Like you, you can't do that anymore. And and so I'm okay with LeBron. Look, have your I'm okay with any athlete having your opinion, but just know if you have your opinions on civil right issues and all this other stuff, but then all of a sudden Daryl Morey sends out a tweet about Hong Kong and you're like, Hey, we gotta be smarter than this. We can't do mm. that 
and, and you know, we, mm. we got to respect mm. our partners. And then all of a sudden you're popping up on Taco Bell ads in China. Well, okay, well, we understand that your motive isn't civil rights in China or Hong Kong. It's because you're making money in China and you want to protect that, that financial revenue. So when you start picking and choosing what you're going to be on your soapbox on, just know people are going to call you out when you act like a hypocrite. You know, when you you say this thing, but then all of a sudden you're in bed with a company that's got, you know, kids in sweatshops. So yeah. just don't be upset when people call you out when you're a hypocrite. Say whatever you want. I don't care. Do whatever you want. But just know you're going to get that backlash. And then you can't be like, well, why is everybody upset with me? I'm No. OK, because the the theme's not the same. You just can't cherry pick what you want to be, uh, what you want to be. Uh, take very seriously and then other things you just want to sweep under the rug like that's not important because i'm making millions of dollars on that but over here i'm not making millions so i'm going to stand up for that it's just that's that's the world you have to live in and you have to be prepared to live in it if you're going to be outspoken like that or you could be like michael jordan and say well everybody buys sneakers so i'm going to keep my mouth shut and just enjoy the revenue that comes in and and everybody is going to enjoy my shoes and then i'll just keep quiet there's a reason that people go that way. There's more professional athletes that go that way than go LeBron's way. And I would get tired of it. If I'm LeBron, I would get tired of it real yeah. fast. Every time there's some type of a social conversation, some type of, um, uh, I don't know, political battle, they run to LeBron, and it's like, what do you think? What do you think? And and now he's answered a few times, and now he's got his stance, and now he feels like he's got to continue to answer, and it's tough. And, you know, and this thing with Bronny, I feel bad for Bronny. Yeah. That's why I, I mean, I just feel bad for Bronny. And here's the thing. LeBron should have known that we all would have protected Bronny. Yes. You know, we, we, we all would have said, oh, it's okay. Just put him back in the oven for a minute. <laughs> let, him, let him bake for another 20. He'll be all right. Like, okay, so he's not as good as everybody thought. I didn't think he was as good as everybody thought because USC couldn't get a win anyways. So it's like man, he, he was 2-2-2 two, two, and two from the floor. He had 2.2 two rebounds to assist the other night. Like, USC is not good. And, you know, you start looking at it like, okay, well, he needs to cook for a little while. That's fine. Like, yep. we, we would have all defended. You don't need LeBron who put Brawny front and center every time he walked out on a court and, and decided to walk out and, you know, even during a national anthem with the family. Like, every time you see him representing with the family, it's like Brawny is very front and center. He has talked about wanting to play with Brawny. He's talked about him being a draft pick, about him being able to play for the Lakers. And then you can't go back to the media and be like, everybody just stop. Can you let a kid just enjoy college basketball? It's like, all right, LeBron, that's you, bud. Yeah. You're going to have to let him enjoy it. Yep. All right, 1251, Hanson Scotty, uh, another edition of Whole World News coming up next right here on The Zone. You need to see this jazz team up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy! Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win jazz tickets. As The Zone will give away jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's 
time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got, we got the, the whole world in our hands. You got the whole world in our hands. We got the whole world in our hands. We got the whole world. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. The great Greg Rubel will join us coming up here in about 10 minutes from right now. Talking BYU and Kansas. But, Hans, before we get to it, it's time for another edition of Whole World News. Well, Scotty, you know how much I love Florida. It uh, is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely love it. And then I see events like this, and I wonder if I want to be a part of it. <laughs> they had the first ever Florida Man Games in St. Augustine, Florida, which St. Augustine is gorgeous. Beautiful part of Florida. But the Florida Man Games, well, let me just give you a couple of the events. They've got a mullet contest. So best mullet wins a certain amount of points. They've got a weaponized pool noodle mud duel. So you get in a big old pool of mud and and you duel out with a pool noodle. They've got the Florida sumo event where two men hold uh, in each hand. They hold beers and the last man to spill the beer is the winner. They actually got law enforcement involved. It's evading arrest obstacle course where actual officers chase you through an obstacle course and it's the person to evade law enforcement the longest gets uh, awarded a point they got the florida man beauty contest so just how good looking uh, a man that you possibly are and um if you get the most points of all these events then you win five thousand dollars they charged uh just over a hundred people fifty dot five dollars a ticket to come in and watch it and apparently uh, the two celebrities that were there, get ready, get ready for this. The two celebrities that were in attendance, Nitro and Ice from the oh. old Ameri- American Gladiators. <laughs> wow. That's really bringing in the heavy hitters. So, I don't know. There's a part of me that's embarrassed about it because of how much I love Florida. Then there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I might be in this event in two years. Like this might be something I fly down to Florida in February just to to show my wares, man. Well, I mean, this is not something you just buy a ticket to, Hans. This is something you need to compete in. Well, I just saw that you entered into a smoking competition. Maybe my calling is the Florida Man Games. There we go. I'll, I, I'll cook a little barbecue. You cook. You go down there and evade police, and uh, let's 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 see let's see how we do. I'm gonna start growing out my skullet right now. I'm going to start growing up my skull. I can't do the mullet, but I can do a skull. Yeah. <laughs> We're down at uh, Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. I'm actually here in Fresno, California. Hans is down there at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. I want you to get down. Jeff and the crew. All right, Jeff, uh, here's the thing. Jake came on the air and said that he's given $2,500 off, and now he's mysteriously disappeared. I don't know if you got a back room somewhere where there's some crazy uh, – uh, torture going on where he's getting lashed for whatever he said but i just want to make sure are we still good on the twenty five hundred dollars yeah that's exactly what he just got through telling me right before i came on he's like yeah we're doing twenty five hundred dollars on any new car right now that's the most that he's done yeah that's that, in, it's it's incredible it's that, insane that's the most i'd heard of yeah we've got the inventory uh that's what he mentioned he said that you had 60 some odd cars that were dropped off just recently mm-hmm. he said that's your, correct. your lot is stocked 
Yes, sir. Hey, take us through it. Like if somebody's coming out uh, maybe sometime this week or this weekend, take us through how a test drive works for somebody. How difficult is it? Super easy. Super easy. They just come into the, come into the dealership and uh, talk to one of our product specialists, let them know what they're looking for. And then we'll uh, we'll take them out and show them, take them for a test drive, and and show them all the features that we have with different cars. So they can jump in a fifty-five, jump in a ninety. Yeah, they could jump in. Get a, on and off the freeway. Yes, sir. As long as long as of a test drive they want to go for, um, and figure out what you know what they like about the cars. We've got lots of different models. We got sedans. We got uh, SUVs. I was also surprised when Jake was telling me that you've got new models out on the lot that you can get into two hundred dollars a month. Yes, sir. We are. And right now they're even doing on leasing. Uh, Mazda's paying first payment. They're waiving the first payment. (laughs) There's high incentives, aren't there? There is. Yes. The inventory is back. Correct. And the market is different. Yes. And just so everybody out there understands, if you're looking for a new car, $2,500 off. We're talking about $200 leasing options. We're talking about all kinds of amazing incentives because that's where we're at right now with new cars. Yeah, we have not seen the, the kind of incentives that Mazda's, are, Mazda's offering right now. We haven't seen it in a really long time. Wow. I'm telling you, you got to get down there. And remember, all these new vehicles and probably, what, about 90 95% of your used inventory has that forever warranty attached to it too, correct? That is correct. Yes, uh, it's uh, the home of the forever warranty with the, with the Tim Daly Group. Well, and they give that to you free of charge. So get down there, say hi. Hans has got the freebies, and then you get a test drive and check out these Mazdas. Tim Daly Mazda Southtown on Automall Drive there in Sandy, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, kicking off your 2 o'clock hour. Big one tonight in college basketball. Utah State taking on Fresno State. I'm here in Fresno. We'll go to Lawrence, Kansas here in a moment and catch up with Greg Rubel as BYU gets set for a showdown against Kansas. And, in fact, Greg joins us right now. Greg, how the heck are you? Hey, Greg. Scotty Hans, hello. I'm well. Good to be with you again. All right, let's let's we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about BYU. But come on, for a selfish moment, you're checking off a, a bucket list item today, Greg. Yeah, it's tough to consider a venue any more famous or iconic than Allen Fieldhouse. You know, you talk about you know famous college basketball venues, and and uh, you know you got Cameron Indoor and, and Rupp Arena and, and Hinkle Fieldhouse, but uh, Allen Fieldhouse I think kind of trumps them all. I, I think the tiebreaker for me, guys, is the fact that you know James Naismith was the first basketball coach at Kansas, and um, he invented the game. So I think that kind of you know if you had any if you had any doubt, I think he kind of nudge he nudge KU a little bit ahead uh, based on that particular tie-in. And uh, Allen Fieldhouse was built in 1955 and still retains pretty much all of its original charm and, and mystique. 
And, uh, yeah, walking in there last night was, um, you know, one of those, you know, once-in-a-career moments. And, and I've been there a couple times now between last night and today. And what, what a unique and, and just awesome kind of awe-inspiring vibe you get when walking in that gym. Well, it serves you right, Greg, and it's kind of fun to watch BYU navigate its way through the Big 12, both in football and in basketball. And this new reality is kind of settling in for you. As you've gone through pretty much this entire regular season, how are you feeling about it? BYU in the Big 12, here you are in Allen Fieldhouse getting ready to take on Kansas, and, and it just keeps getting tougher and more difficult down the line. What are your thoughts on Big 12 play in the basketball? Well, win or lose tonight, it's, it's been an unbelievably positive experience. Uh, you know, let's consider football and basketball together for a moment. And we had a great season going through that league. And even though it didn't end well, BYU lost its final five league games. Um, you know, they, they, they showed that they would be a competitive team and, and, and probably should have ended up with a win or two more than they had this past year. Basketball was, was considered at the bottom of the pack. You know, coaches had BYU 13th in the 14-team Big 12. And I think it's, you know, fair to call BYU a lock right now for the NCAA tournament. And, and you know, preseason expectations, I, I thought it would be great if BYU played some kind of postseason basketball in, in year one of the Big 12. And, and they're going to probably bypass the NIT and get right to the NCAAs in their first year in the toughest conference in the country. And, and I think right now it's more about trying to avoid that first day of the conference tournament in Kansas City. The bottom four seeds have to play that opening round game on the Tuesday, which is now two weeks from today. And I think BYU is a win or two away, guys, from locking that possibility down. They won't be playing on the Tuesday. You know, one win might do it. But I think two for sure uh, keeps BYU in a top ten position. Uh, there, you know, there, there, there are seven, six, seven teams below BYU right now in the league standings, and so uh, whether or not it comes tonight, I, I think a win or two kind of locks BYU out of that bottom four. When coaches had them as a as a bottom four team when the season began, you know, we talked to Mark Pope a few weeks ago, and he he mentioned that they understood their limitations going into the Big 12 and said, "What can we do to differentiate ourselves?" <clears throat> and they adjusted a little bit of who they are offensively. Uh, with the three-point shooting. Uh, but I think people kind of really zero in on that three-point shooting and yet don't look defensively at what BYU's done. And to me, that's what's been really impressive. If you look at the metrics and you look at the numbers, BYU has just been really good defensively this year. What do you attribute that to? Well, they have been, uh, Scotty, until the last couple of weeks. Um, the defensive metrics have really taken a hit over the last four games. And so... BYU's gone from a top 25 defensive efficiency team to around 70th in defensive efficiency over really the span of a couple of weeks. It's been a very recent phenomenon, the, the way teams have gotten after BYU. Um, teams are, you know, either individuals are having career days or teams are having their best shooting day of the year. Uh, it's tough to say it's all BYU because BYU's approach has been BYU's approach, but I think there's an element to a, game, a player or a team getting turned on and BYU not being able to turn that team off. Because, again, you, you take a look at the first 20 games and they were one kind of defensive team. The last four or five games, there are, are you know, 21, maybe six, 22 and five 
split of games and things have just gone really sideways the other way in a hurry. The offensive numbers have stayed relatively consistent, but the defense has taken a huge hit. So I can't really say that BYU changed its approach as much as teams and or players, again, have gotten hot, and it's been hard for BYU to cool those particular teams down. And There's an element of momentum to it. You know that basketball is a sport maybe more than most, uh, that, that, that when teams get on a roll – um, they, they become, become sometimes hard to stop. But that's what BYU's been the last few weeks, the team that's uh, had a hard time turning teams off. But until then, Scotty, the defense was very solid uh, on a par with some of the best in the country. Hmm. Well, Greg, as you know, I'm a man of matchups. I love good matchups, and I love Hunter Dickinson. I love his game, and he is a force to be dealt with. And I love Ali Khalifa, and I love his game and what he brings to – that BYU uh, offensive side of the ball specifically, but I want you to talk about this matchup a little bit, the big man matchup and, and what you expect tonight against these, uh, this, this Kansas team. Yeah. It, it, it's one of the games that, that allows you to zero in on matchups because the contrasts are so stark. Um, you know, you, you dump it into Hunter Dixon, Dickinson and he'll take the occasional three, but he's there to finish around the rim. And Ali Khalif is going to do most of his operational work outside of the paint at, at the top of the key. So you look to that and, and is Hunter Dickinson a guy you want to double? Well, probably because K-State or Kansas does not rely on the three-point shot. They don't shoot it terribly. I mean, they're, they're a 35% three-point team and BYU's a 35% three-point team. But well, where BYU relies on the three almost more than any other team, uh, KU avoids the three almost more than any other team. It's really, it's really fascinating, the, the particular numbers between these two teams. BYU has scored the third most or the third highest percentage of points of any team on, on threes, and, and Kansas is, is top ten in the percentage of points that scores on twos. And, and, and they score a very low number of their points on, on threes, whereas BYU is the exact opposite. Now, it's not that BYU is a bad two-point team. In fact, BYU is a top 10 two-point percentage team. But they just rely on it so rarely compared to, to Kansas. In fact, BYU's taken more threes than twos on the year. Guys, BYU's taken more than 400 more threes than Kansas. Hmm. I, I, again, I, I, can't emphasize just, I can't emphasize just how much there's a disparity in, in what they're looking for on the offensive end. KU makes its living on twos, and BYU steady died at threes. And, and the question tonight becomes, can KU live with the exchange rate? Because uh, if you're exchanging twos for threes, that's a losing proposition if the team you're facing has a good night from deep. And, and when teams have had good nights from deep against KU, they've lost those games. Only three teams in the Big 12 all year have hit double-digit threes on Kansas, but KU's lost all three of those games. So if BYU has an, uh, an average night, let's say an average night, and again, for BYU, average is 10 threes in league play per game. If they have an average night, they'll have a shot to beat this Kansas team just because of the exchange rate alone. Hmm. Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of BYU, joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know, there's so many aspects to Ali Khalifa's game that is really fun to watch, the assist rate, uh, his ability to shoot, his ability to really project the offense and what he's been able to do this year. What what do you attribute? Is it uh, is it coaching? Is it just God given talent? What what? Because it's a it's a unique skill set he brings to the table. What what really jumps out at you in in his development at his time at BYU? Well, it's because it's 
It's what he does at his size. Uh, again, I tweeted this out yesterday, but he's the only player in the country in the assist-to-turnover ratio top 70 that's over 6'5". So, so guys his size don't do what he does. And, and he, you know, they, they discovered a skill, or he discovered in himself a skill at an early age that he refined in Australia. He went overseas to learn the game, has been to another Division One school before BYU, and has kind of set himself apart as, as a high IQ, you know, passing wizard. And he does all this without a high-scoring game offensively. In fact, the only, you know, he has very few big games for BYU relative to scoring. Um, he's had literally three double-digit scoring games all year. But he can still have a massive impact on the game because of what a unique outlier of a player he is. BYU makes its living on these on these kind of unicorn distinctions. You know, no one shoots as many threes as BYU, and, and there's no big man like Ali Khalifa in the country. So, you know, Mark Pope knew that he had to be different, had to be an outlier to contend in the Big 12, and he did so stylistically, and then he did so individually. Because Ali Khalifa isn't like anybody else or any other big man playing in the Big 12 and unlike most big men in the country. So I want to talk a little bit about Jackson Robinson and his arc and the the role that he plays. When you're looking at this Kansas matchup, you were just talking about hitting from the perimeter. Does it really come down to Jackson Robinson and his usage and his accuracy or do you really look across the board? Everybody has to get going. Who is it that kind of leads the charge and who carries kind of the, the importance to get things going out of the gates? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that you find one alpha on this team hands. I, 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 you know, Jackson's had double figure scoring in, in eight of his last nine games. Um, It's not entirely as so goes Jackson. So goes the team, but if he's having a good game, let's put it this way. There's a good chance BYU wins. Um, You know, BYU can kind of win or lose, regardless of how Jackson does. But if he's having a good game, you can pretty much expect BYU to win that game. Um, but yet, you know, he, he is a go-to guy who's better off the bench maybe than he is as a starter. In fact, he started for a short time this year while Trevin Nell was recovering from a foot injury, and, and it didn't have the same vibe as it did when he was coming off the bench. So he, he's a unique personality that way. And I do think it is more along the lines of BYU's got to have five or six guys playing well at the same time, you know, to have chances to win. I, I think they're, they're not the K-State team that can ride Arthur Kaluma to a win, okay? Um, you know, it would be nice if Jackson or somebody else became the Arthur Kaluma for BYU and said, you know, we're not, we're not losing this game tonight. I, I'm going to carry you. Well, you know, ride my shoulders and let's go. But I don't think there's a lot of alphas as much as a combination of guys that combine to form, you know, kind of one excellent unit when they're playing well together. And and I think for BYU, like at many other teams, the formula is five or six guys, five guys in double figures, and, and ride it out from there. Um, but I think, you know, Kansas can be a guy that could, could ride Kevin McCullough before or you know, ride Hunter Dickinson's, Dickinson's double-doubles. And, and BYU's not quite that team. So, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot. I, I just go back to Utah State last year with that Ryan Odom team that had uh, a bunch of three-point shooters, and they they lived and died by the three. I mean, it was that simple. And, and they won a bunch of games and got into the NCAA tournament as an at-large and then had their worst three-point shooting performance of the year against Missouri, and they got bounced pretty quickly. 
Um, that's just who they were, and we all knew it. If they weren't hitting their threes, they were done. What's your response to if BYU has a, you know, they're on pace for a 6 of 28 game from three-point line. Did you feel like they have the ability to adjust in game to compensate for that, or is it pretty much live or die by the three? Well, I, I've never really – I've tried to not buy into that adage, but lately it's been kind of looking that way for BYU. I say that with a bit of hesitancy because they are such a very good two-point percentage team. Again, they're seventh nationally in two-point field goal percentage. So when they have to go to – when they have to rely more on, on shots inside the arc, they can do so. But it has to be in conjunction with what they're doing on the arc. It's, just, it's always been that way and will probably continue to be that way for BYU this year. Because the numbers are just too stark. It's just kind of too obvious right now. Um, you know, BYU doesn't need to be great from three. They need to hit about one of every three threes and take about 30 to 36, 37 threes. And if they do that, they're probably going to be have a chance to win the game. But, but they're 0-6 this year when they're under 32% from three. It's just like, again, if they're having a bad night, they're not going to win. It's just been that way all year. When they get just 32% or better, they're 19-2. and two. And, and they have a ton of double-digit three-point games on the year. They, they've made 10 or more threes 18 times. Okay? And, and that's, you know, that's kind of who they are. They've got a tremendous record, 15-3 and three, when they get double-digit threes. When they're under it, they have a losing record. So, for BYU, it kind of does come down to that. You, you, you kind of want to be about, you know, 11-14 to 14 from 32-37 to 37 from the field. And that will put BYU in the wheelhouse. But when they're in single-digit threes, and, and the number of threes doesn't either, either get to 30 in attempts or is way too high. Um, it, it's probably not going to be a good night for BYU. Now, granted, they're coming off their worst three-point game of the year, guys. They, they were 6 for 31 in Manhattan. And that was both a season low in threes made and three-point percentage. But if they're, if, they're on, you know, if they're in the 20s, they haven't won a game yet. And, and that's just kind of been the formula for BYU. The good old nickel and dimes take you and Mark Durant back to our taco spot. <laughs> we uh, went to a different place uh, in uh, in Manhattan, in Lawrence this time. Um, it was a place Nate wanted to take us after the football game, but the line was too big there. He mm. told me, so we went, we went to the taco spot. We went to a place, though, that Nate likes, and that's where we ended up for lunch yesterday. But I go. did go uh, with uh, Mark Durant and Russ Larson today to a place called the Burger Stand, a place I'd visited last year with baseball. And the reason I like to go there is because they serve poutine. Hans, you know what poutine is? I oh, do. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I believe it's, it's fries covered in uh, gravy. And cheese curds, gravy right? And, 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 and cheese or cheese curds. Scotty, <laughs> I think you, knew, you, you knew that too, right, Scotty? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the few places you can get poutine. And so the burger stand in Lawrence has, has poutine, and that's where we went for lunch today. And, and they have two serving sizes of poutine. The one is a side serving and one is a basket serving. Well, I don't know what the basket looks like because the side came in a basket and was basket size enough for me. So um, I OD'd on poutine at once. See, you can take the kid out of Canada. You can't take the candidate out of the kid right there. There you go. Oh, That's like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Parks and Rec, but they had a uh, – they had a thing where they uh, said, this is our child-sized drink. And they're like, what do you mean? That's huge. They're like, yeah, it's the size of a child. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Hans asked about food, though, because um, we did a lot of our bonding 
uh, at, at, at tables and booths around the Big 12 this past year. So, what's the uh, hey, where, where was the place where hands you uh, it was like a where you broke something or where you were trying to break open? It was like a what was it that you broke and it exploded? That, that, whenever that's the uh, that's the Uncle Julio's chocolate pinata, that's what it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, unforgettable moment for sure. And that's, I, let's, a, that's a that's a talk show segment all its own there for hands. <laughs> hey, uh, let, let's get this uh, basketball stuff wrapped up so we can get some spring football going. That's that's what I'm spring, looking for. Yeah, spring to. football starts in uh, starts in two days. At least it does down at BYU, and uh, it'll be here before you know it as well. But I, I love this time of year because, um, like I said, two two weeks from today is day one of the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City. And that means that uh, the selection Sunday is just around the corner. And, and, and if you're a BYU fan, you know, how cool would it be for in your first year of the Big 12 to see and hear your team's name on call on selection Sunday. And it's looking like it's going to go that way, guys. I think a lot of stuff would have to happen for BYU to slip away from where it's been um, for the last few months. And that is in the bracket. And so, uh, Scott, as you know, with Utah State, it's always fun to see your team's name uh, penciled in and be able to anticipate the, that day and that draw. And, and going to some great venue to play some team you probably haven't seen before. And I, nothing beats March Madness. As much as I love all the other sports, um, the NCAA tournament, its draw, and those weeks ahead are, are unique in, in, in the sporting world in America, and it's a great time of year. Well, Greg, uh, you know, I've uh, this is my, I don't know, seventh year, seventh, eighth year. I've called, uh, I've called a few games in the tournament, have not called a win. That's, uh, that's on my bucket list, and I, I know you've had a – a couple trips to the Sweet 16, and uh, I can only imagine how cool that'd be. I'd love nothing more than to call a uh, long run in the NCAA tournament, and hopefully both BYU and Utah State can ratchet up a couple wins this year for sure. But uh, always good catching up with you. Uh, have a great time tonight. And on a personal note, extremely jealous. Enjoy it. And uh, looking forward to catching up with you again here very soon. Thanks, Greg. Always my pleasure, guys. Uh, Scotty, thank you. Hands, uh, always good chatting with you. Look forward to being with you again. Yeah, throw a hard elbow on Mark Durant tonight for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You know, it, it's a bad night when Mark takes no punishment from me. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully he gets battered around a little bit. There Sounds you good. go. There he's the man, Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of BYU. Has he, uh, has he gotten physical with you in a booth? No, like, he... no. No, no, because we're a little bit further apart. Uh, that's him, true. Got, yeah. He and Mark kind of sit shoulder to shoulder, but we're typically a little ways apart. I, I have thrown a couple pass sets on him. Um I popped him in the chest a couple of times, but no, uh, he, I think he did hit me once kind of the back, back, back part of the shoulder and thought me pretty good. I was like, ah, there's a little bit of power there. There you go. Boy. What, what, what I don't understand. I think that Greg's metabolism must be at record high numbers because it, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he's on the road and he, he loves food and he does a really good job eating it. And he stays in such great shape. Well, he dropped he dropped a bunch of lbs, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And last year at the spring game, uh, talking about spring football, last year at the spring game, he and I were sitting by each other, and he was all sore because he had just run a marathon. And I'm like, "Jeez, whoa!" Like this guy, he's he's a unique unique cat. Uh, Keeps himself in great shape, works his butt off at his craft, and it was eye opening. Uh, just running that first year with him, how hard he works at what he does and, and how much he knows. He's he's great, man. I've got the two best partners in all radio in the world, so it's pretty awesome. 
Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we'll spin the wheel. A little sports roulette straight ahead. This is this is DJ and PK. Ryan Smith, Jazz and RSL owner, join us right here on The Zone. On the local ownership piece, I've been super fortunate to be invited to be a part of a lot of different ownership groups outside of the state of Utah. I'm interested in Utah sports. I'm not interested in Premier League overseas. I'm not interested in hockey teams outside of Utah. If it's in Utah, that's what I care about. And I care about building the brand and being able to tell a good story and do things that haven't <laughs> ever been done here in Utah. Our fan base is fanatical. And that's a good thing we're fortunate to have people who really care in this state about our sports and i wouldn't trade that we know what it feels like to win in utah it's better than anything <laughs> and anywhere else and there's nothing i want more than to be able to let this fan base have that in everything we do catch dj and pk mornings from 6 to 10 presented by murdoch chevrolet proudly serving utah since 1926 on 97.5 the ksl sports zone the wheel is loaded and it's time to talk some sports this is sports roulette with hanson scotty on 97.5 the ksl sports zone Hands on Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Sports Roulette. We take some of the big storylines we've not had a chance to get to. We put on a roulette wheel. We spin it wherever that little ball lands is what we end up talking about. But before we spin it, Lloyd, let's, uh, let's take care of some business. It's time to give away some tickets. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. Caller number 12 right now. You will win tickets to go see the Jazz in action when they take on the Wizards on March 4th at the Delta Center. 801-575-ZONE will get you tickets. Now, if you don't win them... This go-around, we'll give away another pair at 3.30 and uh, a little bit later on in the day as well. So, again, Jazz Ticket Tuesdays, we give away tickets every every hour at 30 past the hour. All right, Lloyd, uh, by the way, Jazz Ticket Tuesday brought to you by UCCU, Love Where You Bank, who also brings you Sports Roulette. That's right, Utah Community Credit Union. Learn and earn with the app paying your family to learn about money, UCCU. So, Lloyd, fire up that will. Private jets. Uh, uh, did you see the Jackson Dart deal, Scotty? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a it's uh, a big time uh, NIL deal for the uh, former. What was he, Corner Canyon kid? I believe so. He's somewhere out of Utah and escaped Utah, and he's been with a couple of different programs, but currently with Ole Miss and. He's running his course with uh, a head coach that understands quarterbacks. He knows how to make quarterbacks look good. Gives them plenty of options to throw. His last guy, Corral, ended up being a draft pick, and he got plenty of looks, and there was a lot of excitement surrounding him. And and right now, there's a lot of excitement surrounding Jackson Dart. You know, they've, they've started their Heisman campaign, and obviously his name was bounced about last year through some Heisman efforts, but this new name, image, and likeness deal is one unlike any other. He signed with Nicholas Air, which is innovative private air travel. 
basically it's a private jet company and he is their spokesperson he is their front man their their model their representative and I don't know how much he's getting out of it, but my guess is he's probably flying. He's probably flying in a private jet anywhere he wants at this point. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'd be like, you don't have to pay me a dime. Just let me use the plane whenever I want, and I'll be, I'll be golden. That, that Gosh, works for me. Could you imagine? I mean, he's got it all going for him. Handsome kid, big dude, Heisman hopeful, strong in a system that really does accentuate his best attributes. And now he's flying all private air. That's good for him. Don't you think that's weird that we just went from a world in which a kid could get pop for taking a pizza uh, yeah. from a booster to now being able to get private jet service? Well, yeah, it doesn't. And, and as you're saying that, I'm looking at this picture of him walking off of a private jet and it says Jackson Dart up above the jet, Nicholas Air across the side of the jet, and he's just stepping off those, you know, beautiful fold-down stairs off of a multi-million-dollar jet that he's just getting off of. And it's like, man, I, I was threatened with my eligibility because I took an old couch from a foot doctor. <laughs> like they were threatening and kicking me out of college football. It's crazy how far it's come. Yeah, it's just, it blows my mind. All right, Lloyd, spin it. How bad do you want that burger? All right, this is not sports-related hands, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, all right, so let's say uh, you go to Wendy's, and it's, you know, it's before the show, it's 1130, and you want to uh, grab a burger before the show, and so you get this, you know, you get a baconator and you enjoy it and it's like wow that was a really good burger i really like that and you sit throughout the show and you keep thinking about that burger and you're like you know what i'm gonna go hit another one on my way home so you swing on by to grab your second baconator of the day same exact burger and all of a sudden you get to the uh, window and the little pimple-faced teenager goes yeah that'll be um x amount of dollars and you're like well that's 80 cents more than I paid four hours ago. And the kid's like, well, yes, uh, we've had a run on these burgers and we're doing this thing called surge pricing, where as the demand goes up throughout the day, the price goes up, which is something that Wendy's is actually considering implementing in 2025, a practice called surge pricing, where based on demand and based on availability, prices generated by artificial intelligence can change minute to minute hour by hour throughout the day now that's ridiculous that, that, that is not needed that is absurd if you'd like me to boycott you do that yeah i won't eat your burgers man if i, if I don't know what to expect with the prices i'm not going to eat your burgers just keep your biggie bag and Keep your mouth quiet. You don't, you don't need to hit me with instant inflation. Uh, just give me my four spicy nuggets, my little double stack, and my fries for six bucks, and, and let me go my way. Don't make it six forty-five just because the market said so. I just uh, I think you're uh, I think you're cruising towards some issues there, and you're playing a dangerous game there, Burger or uh, Wendy's. Uh, and I think they do this stuff 
and they announce these things just to see what the public reaction is going to be. And then when they find out that people are going to lose their mind about it, then they're like, uh, yeah, about that. Let's let's not do that because people are really upset about that right now. So I would be shocked if this actually happens. But still, it's a little uh, I mean, come on. And look, this is not uncommon in a lot of things like you'll see this happen in, in games where teams, let's say, you know, your baseball team, you're going to charge more for a series against the Yankees than you will against the Toronto Blue Jays or whatever. Like it, this is not uncommon, but to have artificial intelligence coming in and changing things minute by minute based on your availability seems seems a little ridiculous in my opinion. And it's <laughs> yeah. not going to end well. No. No, I'm not working that way. No. All right, there you go. Sports roulette right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Um, all right, Jazz and Hawks coming up tonight. Jazz get the win, hands. Utah Jazz get the win tonight. Yes, no Trey Young. Uh, he's out for an extended period of time. Had surgery on that finger. I think it was his pinky. If I'm not mistaken, it is a ligament, I believe, in his pinky, and he had to have it surgically repaired. So Trey Young will be out for an extended period of time. You know, that really brings you down to Deontay Murray and uh, a small cast of characters there with Atlanta. Quinn Snyder, of course, running the show. I still, that's hard to believe, man. We're two years out of Quinn Snyder, and there's only one player remaining that has any ties to Quinn Snyder or that had ties on that roster to Quinn Snyder. Uh, like when we when we talked about that earlier, like oh yeah, it'll be interesting for some of these players. And then we went down through the roster. It's like wait, what? Wait, it's got to be more than Clarkson. Nope, that's it. That's it. What? That's all there what? is. One guy in a two-year period. That just shows you the complete reorganization from coaching on down, moving on from all-stars, moving on from defensive players of the year, moving on from Cup of Joe, because we all like a Cup of Joe, but oh, yeah. moving one player left from that roster that Quinn Snyder had just two years ago. It's it's mind-boggling. It's not the, I mean, this is not like this was five years ago. This was a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's not even full two seasons ago. Not even a full two seasons ago, and they've got this amount of changeover. Uh, you know, we were talking to David Locke. What did you think about that whole conversation with conveying that first-round draft pick? Uh, I just uh, – to me, and, and I totally get your perspective on this. I totally get David's perspective on this. Um, you know, you want to maybe push it back a little bit. I just want to rip the Band-Aid off, and I want to be done. Now, look, the likelihood it's going to be a moot point because you're right, there's not a lot of wins left in the season. But in case you don't know what the situation is, the Jazz essentially have with uh, Oklahoma City, or was it Memphis? Why am I spacing the o- team? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma right. City, yeah. It's yeah. Oklahoma City. It's mm-hmm. a it's a, uh, a first-round top 10 protected pick. Now, if it's 11 on up, then it goes to Oklahoma City. If it's 1 through 10, it stays with the Jazz. And then next year, it's protected 1 through 10. And then the year after, it's protected 1 through 8. And then after that, it'll go to two uh, second-round picks. Mm-hmm. To me, no one, you know, I, I don't have a lot of faith in this year's draft. I know there's going to be some stars out there. I'd rather just kick it down the curb because I don't want to 
have any issues with my pick swaps down the line or anything like that. I would rather just rip the Band-Aid off, get it to Oklahoma City, and be done with it, and then move on. But that's just me. And I understand the other thought, well, it could be 11 this year, and it could be 18, 19 next year. Wouldn't you rather have 11 now instead of, uh, you know, losing it at 18, 19, you know, or, or, you know, and, and, you know, that I get all of that. I can see both sides. I'm fine either way, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think the Jazz are probably going to be picking, you know, 8, 9, 10 when it's all said and done based on yeah, the remaining it, schedule. I think it's out of their hands personally. I do. I think it's out of their hands. I think they're going to be a top 10 pick. And at that point, they don't have the option. That was one of the things that I was confused on because I'd seen uh, some conversation with some Jazz fans talking about, well, you want to convey that pick. And it's like, wait a second. Go look at the finishing schedule for the Utah Jazz. And do I need to remind you what the roster looks like since the trade deadline and what some of the outcomes? I mean, they got one win out of what is it, five since the trade deadline or six since the trade deadline? You know, they're, they're struggling to win with this current roster. And it's going to be one of the top four hardest schedules to finish out here. So I think it's kind of taken out of their hands. And I don't think they're going to convey. I think it's going to get pushed down the line. I think worst case scenario, Scotty, is if we do see it turn into two second round draft picks. Because then that tells us that we've been dealing in the lottery, oh, <laughs> in yeah. the high lottery for the last three years. And nobody wants to deal in the high lottery for the next three years. You know, jazz, jazz fans have too much invested, man. They they continue to show up. You know, you watch. They'll, they'll show up. Even if, even if the Jazz end up going, uh, winning two of the next ten, the Jazz fans are still going to be in the Delta Center cheering their heads off. They've got so much invested. So it would be a bad case scenario to see that continue to tumble all the way down to becoming after three years becoming a two second round draft pick option for the oklahoma city thunder yeah nope spot on hanson scotty 97.5 the ksl sports zone hey make sure to catch def leopard on the stadium on the summer stadium tour 2024 as they make a stop at utah first credit union amphitheater on September 10th, get your tickets at LiveNation.com or listen to The Zone all day on Thursday, February 29th for your chance to win. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Ryan Smith sent out a tweet, Ben, with a snazzy-looking mock-up. And the tweet says, uh, Downtown Salt Lake City is the heart of Utah. Our efforts are not about an arena. It's about revitalizing a downtown that desperately needs investment. Imagine a downtown experience like this with the NBA slash NHL at its core. It's exactly what everybody wants to see, is an arena in downtown Salt Lake City. Salt Lake still feels a little quaint. It hasn't quite developed into this, this major metropolis that other downtown areas have, where even like Denver is far more bustling. And bustling is what people want. I mean, the Red Rings look great. And I think an NHL or Major League Baseball team, for that matter, in this community would be incredible for everyone. Now, I don't know if I totally buy into Ryan Smith's downtown slander, but would it benefit from something like this? Absolutely. Hear Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Solson and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
All right, wrapping up another edition of the show. Hanson Scotty have a little college hoops. BYU, big one against Kansas. Utah State here in Fresno, California. Lovely Fresno. Uh, where I'm at right now, we'll have that game for you a little later tonight. 8 o'clock tip, 7.30 pregame. And, of course, jazz basketball as well as they take on the Atlanta Hawks. But, uh, Hans, you're back in uh, one of our favorite places. Our guy, Jake, finally, they've let him out. After getting barked at, getting yelled at, getting waterboarded for uh, giving $2,500 off. But it still stands, right? Standing your ground, Jake? It still stands. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they definitely ripped me in the back office and said, you cannot offer that. And I said, well, I did. So now it's out there. So let's go. That means Jake is going to be taking $2,500 off his paycheck when <laughs> you buy a car from Jake. <laughs> Jake's over here taking bullets, but it's okay. It's worth it. Hey, tell me what car this is. $200 a month. What car are we talking a about? CX-30. That's yeah. a great vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. It's the that'll connect you to the road. It, w- it absolutely will. And here's the thing: is cool thing is that you have the option of turbo on those things too. Oof, that's fun. So you've got the five, you've got the three, the five, the thirty, the fifty, the ninety, mm-hmm. and then we have the seventy that's about to start dropping as well. Tell me a little bit about the seventy. So it's Give just like the ninety without the third row. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get the you get two rows, so you have uh, more more uh, cargo space and. Uh, a couple different color options in there, plus uh, in diff- different interior options as well. So yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a nice car. And then we're going to be getting the 50 hybrid here soon, too. Woo. Hey, how many times have you had to hold good on the forever warranty word? Like, how many times has somebody come in and they're like, uh, transmission's gone. I've had this for, because what are well, we in now, 10 years, 8 years? Yeah, what are we on the full with time? With Mazdas? I, I don't see it very often, but I've had to definitely honor it on, on some other brands. Have you? Yeah, for sure. There's no question. But it's okay. They just come in, and absolutely, it's a, it's hassle-free. It's well, literally in there. Cool. We got you handled. I do want people to know, too, that it, that forever warranty is offered on some of the used cars fleet. In fact, my wife, when she bought a car from Jake just recently, you guys put the forever warranty on that vehicle. Yep. And that's a really nice, comforting thought. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing is that you want to make sure that the vehicle you're in is going to be dependable and reliable for a long, long time, right? And you're not going to have to worry about putting in a $7,000, $8,000 engine or a five, $7,000 transmission, right? You know, that you are always going to be taken care of on that. It's not something you're going to have to worry about. That's a peace of mind if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact you're just handing it out free of charge is, is ridiculous, too. Absolutely. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's free on, on every car that, that you come in by here that obviously, uh, you know, has to qualify for the forever warranty, which means we put it through a rigorous process through the shop to make sure, you know, first of all, you're buying a great vehicle, and second of all, that it is warrantyable. $2,500 off. $2,500 off on any new car if you come in and say, you heard it on the radio. I'm not doing this for anything else besides for the radio. Hmm. Let's do it. But you have to mention Hans and Scotty to get it. And, and again, Jake, I just want people to go down there and just test drive. Look, I, you know, a couple of years ago uh, when you got the gig there at Mazda and you and I had gone back decades now and, uh, and I banged up the vehicle that I was in and you're like, here, you know, while we're fixing that, why don't you drive this thing? And it was a five and I'm, I'm in the middle of Sardine Canyon in the middle of winter and that thing's driving like a dream. I mean, it's, it's amazing a vehicle that that uh, that can handle like that in the snow, all-wheel drive, 
and then you throw that turbo option on there. That five, man, that's a that's one of the best kept secrets out there. I love driving that thing. Yeah, and here's the thing: we can accessorize the heck out of it too. You want a lift on it? We put a lift on it. You want the cool aftermarket wheels and tires, the bigger wheels and tires for you Ooh. know off roading or whatever. I know a guy who has that. I don't know what his name is. I, I bet that would be nice. <laughs> I bet that would be really nice, especially maybe all black too. Yeah, all black. You know, blacked out with black tinted windows and black everything. Oh, it's gorgeous it's an absolute gorgeous vehicle i bet that dude's badass whoever that is <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a raiders fan. Uh, it's a raiders fan right there right lloyd <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well get get down there check it out it's uh tim daly moss in south town jake you're the best man we appreciate it good luck with hey, everything thanks, guys. And, uh, we appreciate you guys we'll talk here soon coming up jj and alex next uh stevenson sylvester hanging out with jj straight ahead 97.5 dksl sports zone